from the trenches. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to From the Trenches, real life in the accounting industry. My name is David Boyer from SQL CFO. Join with me, Paul Meisner from Freedom Mentoring. We're brought to you by BGL, Australia's number one corporate compliance and superannuation software, and the team at The Outsourced Accountant. If you weren't on social media this week, Ignite their 200-plus attended conference over in Cebu in the Philippines has just completed. Maybe destination conferences are a thing of the future, Paul Meisner. Big week in the accounting technology space. Massive week. Hello, listeners. Hello, all. Welcome to uh, an, another episode. Well, been massive. Uh, massive, David. Massive. Uh, massive. Zero. We got two big things uh, up front with the announcement of NAB uh, payments in app. Uh, and also, and good to see the HubDoc. Uh, there's an announcement about HubDoc uh, very quickly, I think, in uh, from buying them to actually putting them in the product, going to release it almost globally, I think, inside the app and for free. And I've got some sort of air quotes there because overall they're going to up all the org prices because of the feature bump. Very interesting. And we're going to cover that. Uh, as like, and, and David, again, I think a couple of weeks in a row now, uh, a lot more best than worst. I know, are we? It must be December. It must just be we've got it. We're happy with what we've achieved this year. We're in a positive frame of mind and we're getting ready for the festive season and the Christmas break, Paul. From the trenches. Let's kick it off. My best on ground is the Zero Hub Dock uh, pricing change. We could do a whole best and worst just on this because there are bests and worsts in it. But here's some of the things that I liked and and, and some of the issues that have come out of it. Um, basically, as you as you said, the price of zero subs are going up by two dollars. But for that, you're getting HubDoc for free. Very interesting when Zero communicated this to all the partners. The subject line in the email was about the price increase, not the feature increase. I'd lo- I'd love to know the communication strategy around that. I would have led with, "Hey, you're getting HubDoc for free." And prices are going up, not prices are going. No. I think so. There was, a, I think, yeah, some other sort of the social comms were far more around HubDoc for free. I don't know how you can say you're getting it for free, but we're going to bump the price of the thing. Surely that's increasing the cost, David. One of the really interesting things for me, you look behind it a little bit. Uh, the I can't remember the guy who does that. That looks breaks down the, the revenue figures. Uh, Investor City on Twitter that we did the Costco yeah. and the McDonald's, David. I crunched the numbers. You crunched the numbers, Paul. I've had a look. Now- By crunching the numbers, Paul, you said, what about, and then we invented a formula together and basically solved the world's together. problem. I we did. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I gave you the David, dollar price. A little bit of a backstory to listeners. The, when, <laughs> it, when this zero, is when zero bought. I can't claim credit for this. When Zero bought Workflow Max, I was sitting in the Zero humble brag, was sitting in the Zero office uh, and Roger was making me a coffee. Duh. And I said, <laughs> and I said, Rod, why? Why on earth? I said, why buy it? I said, what? I, I, I don't get it. It's it's ugly. It's That's how early it was. Rod didn't have an army of people to make coffees no, for him he yet. He was making he was making me a coffee. Uh, lovely man. Big shout out to Rod. Uh, and I, and he goes he goes Paul he goes Paul you're not seeing it. He said they had revenue. You know this is this is a way to increase revenue. Since then, David, a lot of these things I've looked at. Where's the revenue play now? If you have a look, so. Not a lot of people, HubDoc would not have as clearly as many customers as Zero. So if you say Zero has 3 million subscribers around the world and it seems like all of the major things are, they're upping their price. If you take just half of those, one and a half million um, 
orgs. Because you've got ledgers and all these other bits and pieces. You've so, got ledgers. Yep. You've got you've got ledgers. You've got cash books. You've got whatever. So you go two dollars a month at twelve months uh, in the year. You are looking at basically you've just upped your revenue by thirty six million dollars. Now the one and a half million might be might be heavy, but basically you are just enriching the features and upping the price. And how many customers would you have to acquire on HubDoc to get $36 million? And I think we worked at about 120. HubDoc would have to have 120,000 anyway to replace that revenue if you're giving it away for free. Now, that's not to say what if HubDoc have customers that are outside the zero ecosystem. Yeah. Roger said in his uh, interview with us Which they definitely do. You think that they, would. they often don't acquire for customers because they share the same customers. It'd be interesting to see whether HubDoc have customers that were on other platforms, uh, Intuit especially, given they were North America. But to me, very interesting. And I reckon this is a revenue play uh, as much as everything else. What do you think? Um, it's hard to disagree with that. I think um, overall it's a very, very good move from zero. Um, I'm going to go through some of the other issues that I've got in it as well. Some of the chatter on social media was typical accounts like, I need to crunch the numbers. I don't know why you need to crunch the numbers. It's pretty obvious. But the general consensus is Receipt Bank has a lot more features than HubDoc does. Its user interface is much better as well. Um, the break even on time is really interesting. So the average file from all the, the people who I used to, I've spoken to, and I've used both in my business, you can save about 20 minutes per file per month on Receipt Bank than you can on HubDoc. That is like, that's an educated guess, right? Is that 20 minutes worth $25 a month? Probably. Is there a cost to change? Yes. Is there an advantage to have HubDoc running through zero? Probably. I, I, I think overall it's it's going to be a good thing. Time and is valued far less than money. It Actually is. Actually paying a, a dollar value, like the, you, it, in my mind it's sort of you would have to almost save three times the amount of time um, because it's not valued as much. But I do take your point. Um, on the features though, there is, there, is, there is a major feature difference, which is many people – uh, me included, use Receipt Bank for expense reimbursements with clients. You can't, HubDoc isn't really great at that. So you would probably need to buy zero expenses as well. It's another revenue uplift for zero because they've defragmented out or decoupled the, the, the feature package. So you have to pay more for it. And look, there's there's not, you know, I've used both at, at some time in my uh, area, sort of micro business, David. There's a lot of these things now that are just direct debits off your credit card. The, the paper you don't notice it. You don't necessarily need to keep all yeah. the bills. Setting up setting up HubDoc is you know look that it's there. There's certainly not a lot of they need to build out the third party suppliers yeah. that they talk with. I recently just tried to set up my Optus bill um, because of the GST difference. You know I think telephones is often this. Occasionally you you do have some international calls or whatever. Um, and I, just, I still don't think it's working. So, <laughs> but it's very, it, one of the things that's interesting. A lot of the chatter is a lot of the people. The initial response was, "What does this mean for Receipt Bank?" I, I don't necessarily have a view on this because uh, Receipt Bank's pretty big. I think they're still the number one most connected app to zero. I think Be close. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's a massive amount of behaviour change for this to be a real body blow for Receipt Bank. And I don't know what – who's, who's going to buy Receipt Bank? They raised $50 million a couple of years ago. They got they certainly got too big. I think on, the, on that um, the rising tide bit, I think this will, this will given it's free and insight in, and in app or, or sort of close enough to, I think this will encourage a lot more people to use these receipts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, apps. Are you, whoa, are you going to use one now? Because you've, you've 
famously been anti these accounts payable. I just haven't had to because I'm either direct debit or I'd swipe my, my card. I don't. But for your clients, them. how do you deal with substantiation? They they keep the paperwork. Good answer. <laughs> Have you read my T's and C's? Look, I think I think that's a fair. A lot of accountants have that attitude. I, this we often we often glorify technology both about the the difficulty in turning it up and connecting all these suppliers yeah. and making sure the data is right. Actually, uh, logging into internet banking. And paying a bill, most most micro business owners have a, a manila folder of bills. They know exactly who they have to pay. The yep. rest is tap and go. Yep. I don't think it's a massive problem, but anyway, we should. Yeah. Uh, well, the final thing is, the big question is, what does this mean for the open ecosystem? Because the, the more they keep buying things, the less open the system becomes. Um, one of the founders of Pinch Payments on Twitter said, as somebody in the ecosystem, this does concern me. I want to make a, a very broad comment, but I, I believe this. If your app is about solving a function versus dominating an industry vertical and solving problems for that vertical, I reckon long-term you're in a bit of trouble. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, we, we're going back to this. We started very much when Zero didn't have any features and, and QuickBooks and, and Everyone, all yeah. that as well. Um, started with the concept of best of breed, which was just a nice way of saying, well, while we build out our features, you can just bolt on an add-on and, of course, that's better. Now we're going back to the behemoths. You know, we're, we're bringing it all in. in we're starting to build we're, massive the, systems that want to control all of the revenue aspects but, uh, of it. Yeah. So if you are in the ecosystem, I would be saying where, do, where, what industry uses my product the most and how do I add in every bell and whistle that that industry needs so that I can get 100% of that market? And Roger said on our uh, when I interviewed him at ZeroCon, it was there's a lot of people in this ecosystem who are monetizing features that we want a piece of, that, that they can up yeah. that. And I think this is a prime example of how they've dipped into the market. 10 minutes on one best on Grand Paul. That could be close to a record. You've got another best from zero. From the trenches. I do. Look, this is interesting, uh, Zero, uh, the NAB integration. I think we this goes back to sort of 2016, 2017, when NAB sort of started, became the first bank to, to deeply integrate, whatever that means. Um Bill payment inside bill payment inside app. There was there was one commentator. It means Big Brother is watching. That's largely what it means. There's also a kicker there in access to loans. We need to do an in depth topic on that access to loans in zero. There is there is a lot of um, uh, clients and accountants can get into real trouble by sharing data. I think um, that is that is not in the best shape. Um, the, the zero integration. There was one commentator who uh, said uh, online recently that you know will will online banking will anyone need online banking anymore? Um, the, the really interesting thing for me, and I've kind of put this in. I don't know whether it's a best or a worst. I mean, I, I think it's clearly it's a best for those who need it and have supplier payments. Um, it's it's another monetization. You know, there there is a fee attached to it versus internet banking being free. Um, Bank transfers and wage payments. You know, they're two massive things that because of the way Zero's set up, wages doesn't create a payables invoice and inter into inter, um, bank account transfers. You're still in internet banking anyway, and internet banking's free. The other thing for me is like not all bills are in zero and, and you know, I think that will expand. Well, the, yeah, the HubDoc thing will, will ideally get more in. And hopefully come in with payment details. So yeah. for me, like, it, you know, just for the fact of um, 
uh, just for the fact of having to go in and actually make sure all of the bills are 100% set up or I could just go into internet banking where my We're- payment history, I've saved them as a payment, I can just make the, a payment. The, the part of internet banking that probably is under threat from the digital part that most people don't like anyway, which is the ABA file. It's frustrating to use. It's a pain. If clients don't upload on the same date, it's a pain. Anyone who uses an ABA file, this is bread and butter. Yeah. This will absolutely be, thank you, great, I'll pay, I'll do it. Well, you That's do, well, you do pay for ABA else. files. Whether anyone else That's probably why there's got a fee for it, because you do have you pay for an ABA file on a lot of business accounts. So, you know, when you actually do a like for like, I don't even know, maybe it'll be maybe worthwhile. Some banks, I think it's like 15 cents per, we got a quote from Bendigo Bank for an organisation I'm involved with. I think it's like 15, 15 cents per line item in yeah. the ABA. If you're out there for an ABA fault, there's bread and butter, great. Yeah. Um, I wonder whether people will switch to NAB. Just one other thing with all these changes, um, I, the Zero's comms team, who who we, we've worked with quite a bit, uh, stood to absolutely cop it with the price increase. And Amanda Newton in particular was there in the Zero Users Facebook group dealing with every response. And some of them weren't that great. And I reckon that's a tough job. Well done, guys. Yeah, absolutely. You should have uh, got it done a better email address, so email subject line on that one. <laughs> Focus on the enough. positives. Big, it's a big Glass news. Glass half full, Big news out of Zero. Uh, David, we've got heaps of other best of All right, let's we fly through this stuff. From the trenches. From the trenches. Um, mate, I've, I've the a man has won the greatest use of data visualization of the year. The 2019 award for best data visualization goes to a man who is on a quest to eat chips. He has gone to 20 fish and cheap restaurants in Melbourne to try to work out exactly what a minimum chips is. is the big question's hitting into summer, is Paul. This where you usually, usually, usually say, Why am I bringing up non accounting related content? Because data visualization storytelling is very important for accounts, oh, Paul. Enough, right. And on a chart, I can see very clearly, link will be on the show notes, on the Age website, probably SMH if you're in Sydney, the uh, the median cost of a minimum chips is $4. The maximum weight comes from Hobson's Bay Fish and Chip Shop in Williamstown, where you get a whopping 688 grams of deep fried potatoes. from Shark's Tail. You do, but it's $4.50 it's there. See how much you're getting so much data out of this. Uh, bad news if you're a patron of BB Fish in Maribyrnong, Light Fish and Chips in Braybrook, or Kiwi Fish and Chips That's in East Melbourne. Five bucks for less than four hundred grams, or four, you know, less than four hundred fifty grams. Too expensive, guys. Great use of data viz. Well done, whoever put that together. You. <laughs> you chip no, nerd. Very, very. That's, that's all, always like the, uh, the the Palmer the Palmer Awards is also <laughs> yeah. something that we go for. Um, what do you got? Cool news out of tech circle uh, in India. KPMG earmarks five billion dollars uh, in a digital transformation push. I think uh, Alan Fitzgerald put this on on LinkedIn as well. Um, probably where I got it from. Let's. It, it, this is a a deep rollout uh, of Microsoft, the power of Office three six five. We said it on the show before. You know, I think as as a um, across businesses of any level, there is a lot of opportunity in using the Office three six five suite. But this is just another um, big digital push. Like all of these, it's lovely to announce it. It's lovely to have big dollar values and big names involved, but. Uh, whether the rubber will actually hit the road, we'll have to see. You have to see what they, yeah, what they do. But 
I think we'll get Alan back on in the new year to talk in a bit more detail about what Office can do for accounting firms and why it's getting so much attention. I think we've 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 spoken about it quite a bit. Let's go into some detail and actually see how it does. It follows a really consistent theme from us, which is most of the technology you're already using does a lot of what you need. I just think, Paul, that people aren't getting enough out of their existing technology. I interviewed Ron Leish, the CEO of BGL, for another podcast I'm producing, Paul, CA Catalyst podcast series, which is available on Spotify and iTunes. And Ron said, when you buy a piece of technology, you need to make sure you use the guts out of it. And I just think too many of us aren't doing that. Got to get the most out of the current tech you used. Absolutely, David. Uh, What else have you got? From the trenches. Russia. Right. Well, you would not expect, Paul, that a, a the benchmark of transparency comes from the former Soviet Union, would you? But that is exactly what's happened. A pizza franchise chain in Russia has released full disclosure on the performance of their franchise network. He's hashtagged it. Dodo's the name of the change. Uh, Fyodor Ochnimon... Och, oh, oh. I love it. Of Chinikov, I should have uh, read that beforehand. I'm sorry for the disrespect, Fyodor. Uh, hashtag Dodo Transparency. It is a 17-page presentation of full financials, plus like for like, new store performance, cash flow, like everything is a very bad state when the R- Russian Federation is beating us on 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 transparency in the franchising sector. It kind of can't get much lower in, uh, in, than Australia in the franchising transparency, can you? That's just an outside of you, David. You're more involved in it than oh, I am. Globally, but, a few problems. We're not doing well. But it, look, it, it is it is good to see, uh, surprising from Russia, but very good to see. It's what franchising certainly needs. Uh, second quick one for me. From the trenches. Uh, this is from... Louis Arazzo on LinkedIn. Uh, just the, a great infographic. Love a good infographic on uh, how startup funding works. Um, going through from the idea stage, co-founders, family and friends, seed round, Series A, uh, all the way up to IPO. Some great visualization of who's who, how the percentages change, how much dilution there is, and a, a sort of a brief paragraph on on those each type of investors and what they do. And what they get, I just think for those people who are interested and always hear the words Series A and Seed and IPOs and all of that, it, just a good look at a good visualisation of how it works. Um, pretty interesting. Uh, and, and I don't know, I still, there's something just alluring about startups that brings us into this content, Paul. I don't. I don't know what it is because it's not really strictly accounting. I guess it's just because the tech ecosystem is so important to how we're working. Uh, I noticed that there's not there's not actually a backdoor. The trap door, the trap door of failure here doesn't work, and the series A, B, C, D, E, F, G, I think ten or something <laughs> rounds. A couple of them are up to now. Anyway, just make money, guys. Just well, yeah. Anyway, it's all about growth, apparently. Um, I got. Oh, involved with CA Catalyst and, and somebody said why, why are you getting involved with Chartered Accountants? Because, you know, not many people choose to do that. You had your own frustrations being on the regional council for as long as you were, Paul. And one of the comments was I said, because the last thing we need is another Facebook group. But I found a Facebook group that I think is really, really cool and worth being a part of. The name of the group, get ready, it's a tongue twister, Small Business Accountants and Advisors Brain Trust, Australia. 
I know. Love a good brain trust. When you get through that, though, this is the group that smaller practitioners want. I think want to be a part of. You've got great conversations about some challenging tax situations where people are asking for help or they're saying, I think it's this, what do you think, am I missing something? Somebody's talking about um, franking credits to come into a loss-making uh, loss trust. Kylie Parker's asked about how you deal with a client who got the wrong advice from a big four. Um, Robin Davidson's asked about how to get an extension of Div 293 notice. And there's really constructive, valuable conversation happening below. What I don't like about Facebook is when people just complain, they act like they're know-it-alls, people don't actually help each other. Those groups aren't worthwhile. I think this is a great one. And then I had a look, Paul, at who's actually running it. And Susan Milosevic is one of the admins and my wife used to babysit for her kids, Paul. There you go. Check it out, guys. I reckon this is a pretty cool group. It's good, yeah. Look, some of the questions. It, it is good to have that network, especially as very small firms. So that's that, that is one thing um, that we often lack. Amantha Ren asked a question. Happy Saturday, everyone. Working on a Saturday. Um, I'm looking for advice, recommendations on client newsletters. What's everyone using, and how are you sending it? And Donny Buchanan, who used to be Zero's reporting. Reporting. Okay. He goes. No one using Boma. Who? Bomacon from a couple of years ago, Paul probably hasn't no, reached I, its lofty expectations. I actually do. I do see some because it's funny on on LinkedIn when you um, when you post some of their content, it actually sort of it, it highlights their brand more than it does on on yours. Uh, you know, the, the uh, URL address is Boma. It's like it's hard to white label something when the, all the URLs and uh, that break. Uh, big best on grounds there, Huge. David. I'm let's, exhausted. Let's head it's into like 25 minutes. Worst on ground from the trenches. Worst on ground for me this week. Well, I got two uh, interesting, great, actually well written, well journalisted article on Accountants Daily. Um, 50% of companies are behind on their least standard implementation. It's really just worst on grounds, not not because of anything that there's a problem with doing that because it kind of just really highlights how hard regulatory change can be to implement in businesses when a lot of the new rules are quite grey and you don't have the private binding rulings, the case law, all of the other systems of, of, of law that we have to help give a direction on new things. Um, and it's a good article because I, I'm saying it's worse on ground because we rush to implement technology very quickly but this is the stuff that really matters. And it, it, smaller businesses are increasingly being excluded from this stuff. But I think that lesson of ultimately regulatory decisions are the things that that change the jobs of what accountants do. Look for me, Dave. I mean, I, this is, you know, journalism. It's journalism, it's over 50% falling short. They haven't had to lodge anything yet. No, so but for December balances, which is fewer, which is which is a lesser number of people, you still got till January. It's not till the December end, which we're coming to. But they're saying they're behind where they need to be well, in, no, in deciding that. Well, yeah, they're saying they haven't completed it, though. No, but they, as in they don't know how they're going to interpret the standard yet. But they don't have, like, that... Well, oh, they're getting pretty close. That comes when you draft the accounts and when you... Argue no, it doesn't. It comes when you draft your policies. You, well, you're not drafting the accounts the day the auditor rocks up. 
some of the bigger some of the bigger adjustments and some of the bigger policies certainly around disclosures you are no, the not the least one the notes to the accounts anyway that, that aside most most businesses it, it, this has only started in in June in, on the 1st of July 2019 i think i think the 50% is actually ahead given no one's had to lodge or prepare anything yet that's just my take but oh 50% falling short Ooh. i clicked on it well anyway the uh, speaking of clicking on things and clickbait, Paul Meisner. It's a little bit harsh for me to say that, given what you're going to say. Worst now. on ground from the trenches. You put more clickbait on LinkedIn than just about anyone sometimes, and sometimes you do it. And I notice, and I call you up, and I just say you're just like a puppet master. Sometimes you put these little breadcrumbs out there. You know the fish are going to bite, and bite they did this week. You put up a post about thought leadership and you got – how many views did you get? Vanity metrics. I don't track that sort of oh, thing. Oh, no. 30,000 vanity metric views. Well done. Uh, and, but it got a lot of activity, about almost 50 comments on it, um, about thought leadership. And here's why it's worst on ground, Paul. Number one. We were talking about thought leadership and the problems with it three years ago when salesmen were getting the, using the thought leader tag too much. We've done it to death, mate. We've done it a million times. But number two, Paul Miser with Freedom Mentoring has the answers, has an experience. You have things that help accountants. And you'll argue me, because I know I feel like we've had this argument 20 times over the last three years, but I've put my pricing guide out there and some people are using it. I don't even know where to find it anymore, mate. So here's what I want. Here's my challenge. I want 2020 to be the year that Paul makes all of that knowledge available to people to help them. You can, David, freedommentoring.com. Come and sign up. You get all of it you want. You get see, access to us. See, you get a- so there's the clickbait and then here's the sales pitch. Right, absolutely. No, no, I think, can, I, I mean, can I just say on that post, because because you do, there was an interesting point behind it. I genuinely heard the comment that I, that I quoted, which was um, uh, people, uh, they aren't a thought leader, they are a thought recycler. Yes, it's been done to death, but my concept on this, David, is the people who in this industry don't do the work, who just seemingly endlessly just share these generic, bland concepts without any interpretation or individual application to what it is, mainly because they don't have the knowledge. They're just rehashing the same stuff and trying to pass it off as leadership content. There was a lot of people in there who said, no, there's no, nothing's original, nothing's original. There seems to be plenty of things that are original in tech where you'd argue that with OCR and all sorts of stuff, there is actually no new tech anymore. But I think that the concepts are not new. How you apply them, how the impact of tech how those things, how the rubber hits the road and how people actually react to them is infinitely original. And that was the point I was making, uh, albeit uh, not necessarily in uh, in an eloquent uh, way. Anyway, but it was good. Got the, got the crowd talking. Uh, but I do take your challenge. Thank you, David. Uh, Listen, on- should I hold Paul accountable? Let us know. For sure. Um, uh, interesting one for me, David. This popped up. I'm, I'm moving on to my uh, my worst on ground. 
interesting this popped up. I'd never heard of uh, of Luke Moran from Wave. That appears to be a new corporate compliance software. Very interesting. He put a post on LinkedIn and I'm reading too many asset compliance software providers spruik their product as automated. I think this term is used far too loosely these days. How can an automated annual review still take someone 10 to 15 minutes to complete? Clearly a dig at a provider without naming them. Uh, the Which good on him. Poke the bear and get a response, get attention to yourself. It's the Kogan Harvey Norman strategy. Daniel but- Tramontana. Uh, General manager of BGL. Jumped on, said. Uh, arguably the bear. <laughs> the, the, the bear that was being poked, yes, uh, replied about how uh, seriously, as we know, sponsors of this show, Dave, that we know how much they do take automation. Luke replied, uh, thanking him for his comment, which was nice, uh, noting that he did not name any providers, which I don't Righto. think is it, which, which absolutely is a uh, But you know what's funny? A from, a, from a PR strategy at work, because now we're talking about Wave on From the Trenches, which otherwise we never would have heard of. But Trammer went bang. Like, Pam, Trammer just slammed it and shut it down real quick. Well, look, but not in a bad way. You know, he no, he just said it's not, just not said, us. He just said, look, let's not, you know, don't tar all of the providers. And, and I, 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 look, I think, it was, I think it was a bit of a cheap shot because nobody's heard of Wave. Uh, well, it was a cheap shot, but it worked because Trammer responded. But I can tell you, in terms of new tech, Paul, at RegTech last year, Ron demonstrated their new SMSF uh, um, automation and the crowd said, wow. There you go. No, good. No, 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 no I, did, I did. I heard about that. Sorry, um, they, they went more like, the- they didn't really do well. They went like, oh. mm, it's more like that. <laughs> but there was like a thousand of them. So it sounded like more like, ah. Oh. That is ridiculous. All right. Uh, all right. This is another uh, massive week. Are we, is this our last show of the year? Oh, is this our last show of the year? I don't know. See, we should have probably organised that before. Uh, if it is, let's just pretend it is. Uh, and if it is, thank you very much for an awesome year. Uh, thank you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for engaging. We love, we love seeing you. 2020. Uh, actually, no, I think look, we, we might do one more episode about oh, okay. thanking for the year oh. and what we should do next year. Oh, yeah. We'll do We'll probably All do right. that. Anyway, you're going you're to have to put up with us for one more. We rescind uh, our Happy New Year's we greetings. We absolutely uh, love for now. all of our listeners. Uh, reach out anytime. Uh, Paul Meister on LinkedIn. Otherwise, have an awesome week. Or break if this is the last one. See ya. Thanks again for listening to an episode of From the Trenches. David and I love to hear from listeners, so you can reach out if you've got feedback or story ideas, get in touch. I can be reached on Twitter at Paul Meissner underscore or on LinkedIn, Paul Meissner. I'm on Twitter at David Boyar, B-O-Y-A-R, on LinkedIn, David Boyar. From the Trenches.